Hello, and welcome to episode 109 of Below the Fold, where some of the best content is just to scroll away. Today's conversation is on ad blocking and its effect on the future of publishing. Let me throw down some introductions. Got Nate Birch in the studio, SEO manager at MapR Technologies. That's me. Brandon Hassler, founder and CEO of Market Campus. What's up, my man? And Paxton Gray, Director of Marketing Operations at 97th Floor. Hello. And I'm your host, Jacob Perry. I'm a Digital Marketing Manager at Myriad Genetics. Today's conversation is starting with Brandon. So to introduce the topic, it's uh, one that is uh, highly discussed on a lot of different publication websites, tech websites, and that is the topic of ad block. If you're not familiar with ad blocking, there are popular uh, extensions like, for example, AdBlock is probably the most popular one it's called. Completely free, you install it on your browser, and it blocks all ads on the web page. So it basically, I mean, the page looks like it, the ads don't even exist. It just readjusts the pages, so you have nothing but content, and you're not annoyed by different ads. Uh, this recently became a bigger topic uh, with iOS 9 because uh, this was the first Apple iOS update that allowed third-party apps to block ads. So, for example, there's one blocker, which is an, uh, an app that you can pay app for iOS that you can install, and it will block ads from Safari. Uh, nothing for Chrome yet on mobile, as far as I've seen. But the, the interesting thing is this is obviously a huge source of revenue for much much most of the content that we consume online buzzfeed huffington post uh, a lot of these big publications forbes business insider these are all places that heavily rely on the fact that you're going to the page ads are popping up and they're making money so my first question is do we think that the future of free content is in danger with adblock or is this going to be a small category of people, you know, high tech savvy people who actually install the plugin. And then, you know, if you're in that niche, you'll probably take a bigger hit than, for example, a mommy blog or something like that, where they'll probably be some of the last people adopting ad blocking software on their computers. So yeah, I wasn't sure if anyone had any opinions on if the, uh, if the industry is in danger. I look at uh, New York Times, for example, they kind of I think they saw this, maybe not this specifically, but uh, they've, they've had their subscription for quite a while now. I think it's two bucks a month. You can uh, subscribe to the New York Times. Obviously, not everybody can pull that off. They have a huge name. So are we going to start seeing websites move to a subscription model in order to, su- to support content? Will that ever work, or will there always be people who will just create the site with free content and hope to make money off ads? YouTube recently just announced YouTube Red, which is their new, I mean, it's their way. They recognize that a lot of people have ad blocking software for YouTube videos, so kind of force people into uh, using their subscription, although right now it's not really forced. It's very much optional. But yeah, any, uh, any thoughts on that as far as is this something real or do people just have to quit whining and start adapting? Well, I think that, I mean, just listening to you kind of describe how it goes, there are... Th- far-reaching consequences on both sides, not just on the, on the advertiser side, but on the user side as well. The users currently love it, right? Because most people claim that they hate ads and that they're annoying or whatever. But 
a lot of people don't realize that it's through advertising dollars that a lot of software is given away for free from companies. So companies that, that give freeware and, and they have awesome software that they're using, they get it for free because these companies are getting paid through advertising, through their traffic or whatever. But you take away that, that revenue stream and all of a sudden they're going to have to start charging for that software. So now the user where that annoyance of, of having to deal with advertising is you don't, you don't pay for advertising to show up on your screen, but you're definitely going to have to pay for the consequences once those advertising uh, or those advertisements go away. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So I, I, I kind of see it very similar to that, where a publisher, yes, you saw the movement from printed content, newspapers, magazines, go down the list. They had to adapt to what their new audience was. Their new audience was completely, well, almost completely online. And so their their income structure had to change with that. I believe the same thing is happening online. You have people that are choosing to avoid the ads. And yes, honestly, the, the companies or the businesses that rely wholly on, on advertising money coming in from ads that can easily be blocked on a browser, they're going to have to change. Because I believe that for me on my computer, I should have 100% control of what I want to see. And if it means installing a, an extension or having a different browser or just plain not looking at that content, that is my choice, just the same as it used to be. I, I could go out, buy a newspaper, and bring it home. I'm not going to see the ads if I don't. But I do understand the idea that it is going to hurt some companies. And honestly, I'm okay with that because it, they, everyone has to adapt with their audience. And if their audience doesn't like the content, and I'll put ads right in there with content. Ads are content. For me, I absolutely hate ads. So Why? Yes, because they annoy me, they distract me, and they take away my time and, and attention. So I don't like them. You know, I, I, used to, I used to have the same mentality. I think companies are getting smarter, and the technology is getting smarter, to where the ads nowadays, not 100% of the time, but they're catered to you. They're, a lot of times, they're things that you want. If you've been looking for something, you've been shopping, whatever, I know that I'm getting retargeted, but it's helpful to me when I'm ready to buy that it's at my fingertips. If it were something like 10 years ago when ads were more random and they just kind of distributed them to the masses, uh, yeah, the ads are annoying. But I'm less prone to being irritated with ads nowadays when especially since they're being more catered specifically to me as a user. Sadly, I haven't had that experience. I, I can't recall even one time in the last year that I have actually clicked on an ad that was relevant to me. Oh, man, I click on ads. Well, at least on Facebook. You know, They get you on Facebook. Facebook is very good with their targeting. So, so I, 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 I'll, I'll partially agree with you in that if you can have a platform that creates an environment that doesn't irritate you, you're going to be less likely to have your audience block it. But if you can't, you're, you're going to be blocked by everybody and anybody. And it's not just going to be the, the call it the hackers or the high-tech people. The, I think the entire reason that this entire argument has come to, more to mainstream is that other people are starting to notice. And yes, I believe that the high-tech, the, the publications with higher-tech audiences and, and people that are actually going to dig in and take the time to block them, they are being hit a lot harder. But I believe that is going to bleed directly into every single publication because the ad blocking capabilities are going to be mainstream. So would 
the solution or one possible solution is for them to put the actual ads in the content, write it into the article that you can't block. Was that what you'd rather have? Or would you rather have a separate banner that you can just ignore? Or would you rather it be forced into your content? I would actually rather have the, uh, the paywall as terrible as that sounds. Well, I know, but that's not going to happen. Why not? Why well, I not? think so. I think some will go the, the way of, um, the payment. Absolutely. You're going to pay Absolutely. for your content. So here's, here's what I would do. If I were to take, for example, the number one site that I use Adblocker for, and I could not visit the site without Adblocker, is CNN. 100%. I could not consume the content of CNN without Adblock Plus on there. Like it's not possible for you to consume it? As in, I'm so distracted by everything that's on the screen that I have a hard time reading the stupid content. So if, however... If you're going to pay for anything, it should be ADD medicine. Yeah. Call me ADD, whatever it is. I get distracted very easily. I won't even. I won't deny that. That's why I don't work. I don't function in an open office environment. <laughs> Just throwing that out. There. I get that. But uh, if I were presented with the option, for example, at CNN, I I like most of their content enough, and I like to be in the know with things that are going on in the world. That would I pay a buck or two to not see the ads and not have to use AdBlock? Absolutely. How often would you pay the dollar? Probably every week. So four dollars a month? Sure, absolutely. That would be. Worth Is that your limit? If it were yeah. five, would you be done? If it were ten, I'd still do it, honestly. Because okay. if I can have that much value, value as far as the the content that I'm reading, and not being distracted by everything else that's out there, yeah, I think I would actually do it. And but, for me, it would be it would be so simple as to say, okay, you're presented with a screen. Or even every so often, one of the, the, the places or the placeholders for an ad that says, if you want to have an uninterrupted or, or an ad-free environment, here's your spot to pay. I would do it. If it immediately turned off every single ad for that entire domain, I would well, do it. Well, we've actually seen something like that with apps, right? You go to the, the app store, and uh, you get a free version of a game or whatever app it is, and you pay an extra dollar or two dollars or whatever, and you get the app, or excuse me, the ad-free version. Is that kind of what you're talking about? So you have Absolutely. CNN, or just Absolutely. to use your example, if you don't pay your subscription, it's full of ads. If you do, now you're in an ad-free environment. Case in point, I bought a, an, uh, an Amazon Paperwhite, and 100% I was not going to get $10 off to have the ad-enabled device. To mm. me, that was completely ridiculous. And I, I wonder how many people that, actually do that. I, a lot of people bought the, uh, the Paperwhite with ads, but I... I couldn't even fathom it. I mean, no. It, it, Is that in the hardware, or can you later pay that 10 bucks and no, get, get rid of it? I'm pretty sure it's in the hardware. I can't remember how they had this set up, but I know when I bought it on Amazon, it was, well, obviously it was two different options, but uh, I'm trying to remember. I, I really can't remember. Yeah, that's all right. It was a long time ago. So I, I actually had another thought as far as ad blocking goes. I, th I feel like w we as digital marketers, especially nowadays, have been in a struggle for budget dollars, right, from companies. So there's this struggle between traditional marketing and digital marketing. And the fight that you're trying to win is you're trying to get more money than them. And, and I think we're going in the right direction, right? So we as a company, we are finally realizing that there's more value in digital. So we're getting more attention, more budget, more, you know, whatever. And I almost feel like this ad blocking may hinder our ability to argue for more money, especially if we have ad budget, right? Because if you go the traditional route with ads, 
There's no blocking a billboard. There's no blocking ads in a newspaper. There's no blocking radio. Does that there make is. sense? You turn the radio off. You go to a different channel. But I, I completely understand what you're coming from. Well, that's like, the that's problem, the same. Turn off your computer. Sure. Or go to a different website yeah. with a different person that, that publishes similar content. Well, yeah, that I do it all the time. If a, yeah, if so a commercial comes on the radio, I switch, I switch stations. No, I understand. But here's, here's my problem with that argument. Most companies are selling a product or a service, and they're not completely relying on that ad revenue. And so the content that we're creating is creating a different type of buyer's journey than I just want to pull a bunch of people onto my website to consume content and get revenue from ads. What I'm more used to is I have a bunch of content that is trying to solve a problem for people. And because I'm solving a problem, I am pushing people into a buyer's journey or a roadmap or whatever pathway for them to educate themselves and how to make them better. Now, at the end of the day, there could be not a single ad served on any of that content and I can still make money with it because I'm selling a product or service at the end of that map. Maybe I, may, maybe I didn't make my point clear enough, but if I, if I were a business owner and I had money that I wanted to spend to bring people to my website or to my store to buy my product, whatever, and I have $100, I have to decide whether to spend that $100 on ads online or ads in whatever traditional format you, you decide. If someone comes to me and educates me on ad blocking, me as a business owner, I'm not sure if I would want to put my money on the digital side specifically for that. I know there are other digital assets that, that, that we can employ on that side of things, but I almost feel like it, it's hindering us in that people are now going to decide to spend money on things that they know are reaching their audience, whereas there's, there, it, people might perceive a risk with ad blocking software out there that now the people they're targeting, their reach has all of a sudden diminished because of how many people aren't consuming their, their advertising because of the, the ad block. Sure, and in that case, what I would always consider is their track record. And I'm not going to go in the last year, the last two or three years. I'm going to go for the last few months. What is the actual target audience I'm going for? And what type of conversion rates am I getting from that target audience? And is it eventually going to hit some of those publications? It is. I will not deny that. It is completely going to hit publications that 100% rely on advertising. But at the does, same time, does MapR do ads? Sure. Display, all that stuff. I, I have. I'm not much in the. In I just want to know if if it will harm their bottom line in any way. It's got to, right? Well, they're only paying if the ad shows up. So it's not like they're throwing money and like. Oh, I hope. Sure, you're you're paid on results. Blocked, be it impressions, be it clicks, you're paid on those results. Does it count as an impression if some software blocks it? I don't know. I don't know how that works in the back. So that's, here's that's a something really good, that that's a good question because a lot of companies are paying for impressions, right. not necessarily clicks. In right. fact, they probably prefer that. Right. And here's something that you are not, or at least talking about, Nate, is you're looking at it from a perspective of I work for this company that offers this service, and that's our transaction. What if you are a publisher yourself, and your job is to create great content, get people to the site, and make money off of ad revenue? So theoretically. Don't you think that it's akin to stealing content if you use ad blockers? Not at all. But how do you pay for that content? What do you mean, how do I pay for that content? You consumed it. It's not free. You pay for it by looking at ads. I pay for the content by looking at ads. I still just don't buy it. I what? don't. There's nothing to buy. That's what it is. Like, I you... don't value that content enough to, to keep consuming it. So why... Why would I stay on that on that site? So you don't view any free content right now where you have that have ads? You just don't look at it? 
Paxton, I, are you saying are you saying I'm that that websites that offer this free content with ads, the ads are the payment the user consumes right. in order to to get that free content? Correct. So, where, so where then it's it, not really free content. Where is it then in their terms of policy that says that I have to look at their ads to consume their content? But just because it's not in their terms and policies doesn't mean that you're they're, they're not planning so, on people so taking is, the content is the question, free. am I, am I in, in an ethical positive standing by blocking the ads of a publication that gives me free content? Right. Ooh, I like this. Well, honestly, I don't care. I'm, if I'm against their terms of, of use, then let them choose who, who's going to be able to see the content. If they see it as they're losing too much of a value off of me not seeing their ads, let them choose to put that in their terms. I see ethics as... So if it were in their terms, then you would consider that to be theft. I would leave that up to them to determine what type of gate they're going to use to allow me or disallow me from doing it. That's completely up to them. And well, then it turns into the honor system almost, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so that's a really good question. I mean, let's say hypothetically ad blocker just kills it, or I, I should say ad blocking this, this trend. 100% of internet users have ad blocking. So now nobody can make money off of traditional ads that we see. But then you have sites like Forbes, CNN, Huffington Post. They rely, as far as I'm concerned, I'm sure they have some small monetary things. They rely almost solely on advertising revenue. So I think the situation you're going to see is right now in today's world, because people can make money off ads, we have hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of content websites, BuzzFeed knockoffs with clickbait titles and whatnot. And they, and they pop up. Anytime someone tries to charge a subscription, it doesn't work because users can just go into Google and find another place, but those sites only pop up because there's money to be made. So I think what's going to happen is it's going to force uh, content websites like Forbes, Inc. Magazine, all these different places to really put out good content. And, and if you're putting model. out, if you're putting out good content, people will. You can still run ads in your website. It may not be in the you know the script and whatnot, but I can send you an image file and you can link it. And we have our agreement that I'm paying you. It's no followed, all that stuff. We're following all the guidelines. I can do sponsored stories. And the big publications that are drawing in that audience, they'll make money that way. Or there's just subscriptions, which I think a lot... I mean, people... There are a lot of people that subscribe to New York Times, even though they can get the same stories elsewhere. It's just because they're, they're fans. They produce really good content. And I think and right over now 60. that's hard for us to comprehend. Like, I can just go somewhere else for free, but that's with the assumption that they're making money off ads. So I, I, I personally, if one of my favorite magazines moved, blocked everything and said, hey, it's two bucks a month, I would subscribe. And who yep. knows? We might enter an era where we have the Netflix of internet Why subscriptions. Not? Why not? Ten bucks a month. You select your favorite publications. You get free content. Right now, I think that's hard to comprehend because it's like, that's stupid. I can get it for free. but um, Because there's a lot of alternatives right now. Yeah. Because but, it is really <clears throat> easy to to jump from one site to the other. Uh -huh. You guys are making the mistake of looking at what you yourself would do. Think about all the Americans that would not do that, at, but should still be receiving news and information for free. All Think the, about all, all the good that news publications do to transmit information that's very important for the nation to know. There are people who, in the lower uh, uh, end of the economy who would not pay $2 a month simply for news articles from their favorite magazine, right? Just because you would doesn't mean most people would. And I think there's a lot of good to be had from the nation through a content free content platform that's supported by ads. New York Times, when they released their paywall, they made it so that you didn't even hit a paywall until you read 20 articles a month, which, which most people don't hit. And yet, 
their traffic dropped by 6 million visitors a month. People who never would even hit the paywall, but the threat of hitting a paywall prevented them from ever going back to New York Times. It's back to the, the, the argument that Brandon was saying. There's better alternatives and there's easier alternatives that they can go to without that threat. Then what's, what's name one? What do you mean? An alternative. Any other news, news outlet you can go to. And they, would, they, would, could even resource, they could even source it as having come from this publication. Okay, I thought you were saying new outlet as far as different ways that New York Times could solve that problem. No, if you, if you think about how the entire news industry works, one, one outlet has a story, and then the rest just copy, 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 copy. So you can get your news from almost anywhere else. Nah, that's not entirely true. New York Times does lots of original pieces. And I see, I see lots of other publications copying other websites and getting the benefit of that content. And I'm not saying there's not going to be free places. I think most of the content will still be free to the users. The big thing is I, I believe that publications need to adapt. I think you're an idiot if you're putting all of your eggs into one basket. Like, this is the only sure. way we're going to make our revenue. And if, and if the world blocks us off, we're going to throw our hands up and say this is unethical. You have to adapt. And so there's some sites where they have – I mean, look at Inbound. Inbound is completely free. It's user-generated, but they make money off job postings. Uh, so there's different ways, or you can, you know, affiliate sell products. There's a million different ways that you could sell products or push people to different services and still make money. And I think free content is always going to be around. There's going to be options for subscriptions for New York Times, Inc. Magazine, whatnot. I mean, we're already seeing that, and people will pay that. Free content will exist. People just can't. I, I'm sick of seeing all these publications throwing their hands up, blaming society. But it's like a Google update. Google comes out with penguin and people are like this is so unfair google's killing our business no you were just an idiot for putting all of your eggs into getting your traffic and business from one specific company which was it's, that's just like economics 101 that you shouldn't be doing that you need to diversify your traffic you need to diversify how you're doing your revenue so we have fortunately it's such a small adoption rate that companies have time to put together i mean they could take two years and put together a big plan without going out of business and figuring out how are we going to monetize our website. The big companies are not going to struggle. They'll just do, they'll have a sales team just getting, you know, companies to advertise and whatnot. The little guys will have to adopt, but that's just... Well, I don't even think just the little guys. I think you have to adapt to what your audience likes and does not like. If your audience does not like the way that your web interface is, they're going to leave. If they don't like the ads that you're presenting to them, they're going to leave. So... Yeah, but what you're calling for is no ads ever about anything. I agree I that that they should step up their game and have I'm good saying ads. That I dislike ads. I what know. I'm also saying is that if publications don't adapt to their audience, they're going to lose that audience, be it with or without ads. So if you present a terrible sure. environment, they're going to leave. All right, let me do a quick straw poll. Okay, so I'm going to go around the room. I have two questions: yes or no. Question number one, starting with Nate. For or against ad blocking? For. Brandon? For. Max? For. You for them? Yeah, I'm for them too. I just downloaded them and put them on my phone today. <laughs> I don't use them, but I'm for their existence. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not yeah. opposed to them. No, I'm, 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 I, yeah, I like that. And the reason I say that is I love when society puts companies in a position where they need to adapt. They put them in the hot seat, absolutely. And it's important, and it's important, and it should happen more often than it currently does. So that's number one. Number two, is ad blocking a flash-in-the-pan trend that in the next year or two won't even be an issue? 
Nate? It could be, but it depends on the quality of the ads that, uh, that keep being delivered. Because if the quality can increase, then the desire to block it will decrease. Awesome. Brandon? Um, ad blocking per se, you could, I mean, I could, I could see both ways. Uh, as far as m pushing out free content without making money off some sort of advertisement, I think that is a serious thing. And we're seeing that with Facebook instant articles, with these huge media companies forcing people to basically play by their rules. I think that's where publishers are going to have to step back and think, okay, we've got to come up with a new strategy or how we're going to still do this awesome content and, and make money. And there's obviously, that's, we'll see what happens. I don't have an answer for that, but we'll see what happens over the next few years. No, I'm not, look, I'm not asking anyone to look into your crystal ball, just whatever your gut tells you. Pax, flash in the pan, ad blocking? Yeah, I think by definition it's not a flash in the pan in that it's been around for longer than this conversation. If you just go back to TiVo, that's basically what the big conversation was back when that came out, with people being able to skip through commercials. So what I predict will happen is, yes, kind of the day goes to ad blocking, but eventually publishers will work out, work away around that. Again, you just put that content straight into, or that ad straight into the content. You can't block that. And then eventually ad blockers will figure out a way to get it out and we'll just go back and forth. I don't think that the solution is going to be a huge shift in the way people pay for content. I think some people will go that way. And I don't think this what will happen, although I agree, what should happen is the ads should get better to the point where maybe we even like to look at them. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're just going to keep going back and forth in this battle between ad blockers and publishers. Awesome. Well, and one thing to add, look at Napster, how, I mean, it did something illegal, but it changed the music industry because it, for, I mean, so many CD stores went out. Uh, that's almost implying ad blocking is illegal, though. It's not. That's the thing. Ad blocking is not illegal. So there's really no... I don't. I, if we adapt to illegals, like the law couldn't even stop society from shifting to this new way of receiving music, and so something that's not illegal, like I don't see how anyone's like you can throw up all the moral arguments you want on your Facebook page, telling your fans it's you're not going to stop. If society wants to consume content in a certain way, that's where we're going. Okay, so we're going to end this conversation, and we'll do our last word. Each person gets sixty seconds or less to give any last thoughts or opinions. We'll go ahead and start with Paxton. I think that if you go to a publication that's entire business model is based off of you look at ads and you get content for free, to me that's considered a theft to block ads. Now, I don't really care. I mean, who cares? Whatever. I'm not a publisher. Uh, I just would classify that as theft because that's your way of paying and you're avoiding doing that. Uh, I also think that you know, maybe there's some weird like brain issues or whatever, but just like don't pay attention to the ad if you don't like it. Just don't look at it. Uh, it's not like it's a commercial where you are forced to sit through this thing that's super annoying. I really appreciate all the free content that I get from publishers and really good writers. And I just get to look at those things for free because I'm willing to look at some ads. And I think that's a really worthwhile exchange. And like Brandon said, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think people... You know, I wish people would be more reasonable and look at it as a reasonable exchange. Just look at this ad for two seconds, and then you get this free content. That's awesome content. Awesome. I'm going to take 15 seconds to sum up my thoughts real quick. I was hesitant with this topic only because I'm not super familiar with ad blocking, and I thought that maybe it was going to be extremely boring, but it actually turned out to be one of the most engaging conversations I think we've had to this point. It was actually very educational. So ad blocking, 
it's here to stay, I guess. Brandon, last word? Uh, it's really, I mean, the, uh, the reason we're having this conversation is because of Apple. Like Paxton mentioned, ad blocking has been around for several years. I, I've known about, I've just never had interest in downloading it. But as soon as iOS 9 came out, and really it's it, the funny thing, I think I've said everything I need to say about my opinion. The, the amusing side of all of this is that the media, the, the companies that are in threat are the ones that are bringing ad blocking to everybody's attention. It's just hilarious how I'll see TechCrunch tech crunch posts where they're essentially whining about how ad blocking is killing, and at the same time, they're promoting ad blocking. Like That's the reason I downloaded ad blocking software is because after like six or so articles about the threat of ad blocking, I decided, oh, this is interesting. I'm going to download this, and now I block YouTube ads. I block... Uh, pages, ethical or not, I don't really care. It's adapt. That's just the internet. The internet's the wild, wild west in my mind. I'm a little looser on my ethics when it comes online, but maybe I shouldn't be saying that in this podcast here. But I think it's, it's very amusing. Where I think most of the attention is brought on by the companies that are in threat, and I also find it amusing how Apple and Facebook are making all of these different ways where you can view articles either right on your iOS device without opening up any applications or with Facebook you can view people's articles and content providers are just giving like they're just okay yeah sure here you go here's our potential revenue and they have the power to stop it if they all work together but they're not so it's it's interesting how these huge companies really control the world and people just play by the rules but that's the market yeah, I think that I think that this episode is is one of those that's going to reveal our personalities a little bit more than others, <laughs> with uh, where we stand with uh, whether or not ad blocking is ethical. Nate, what do you got? Well, Brian, I love that an anti ad blocking article got you to use ad blocking. I find that hilarious. <laughs> and I, I won't say that I'm ADD. I won't even. I won't, I'll never admit to that. My point is, I hate bad ads. That is actually the number one reason that uh, I can't watch TV anymore because of bad ads that just don't, don't properly target me. I do believe that technology is going to get better. And I believe that uh, most publications have already lost my confidence in, in their ability to target me. I do not see any type of ad blocking as bad, unethical, theft, anything like that. It's simple. It's not relevant to me. And so the... The trend is going to go similar to, to the move from printed content that it did to online content. And now you have the, the medium of receiving that content is in everyone's home, on their lab, in their hand. And so they should have control of what they're going to see. Great. Thank you. We write a blog post for every episode. You can find resources any other little tidbits that we have discussed will be added there. If you have specific topics or questions you'd like for us to cover, put it below the fold.io and leave it in a comment. 